What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast. I'm your host, Shane McNeely. Just a reminder, Crazy Face Uno is inspiring others to do good and make a difference in our local and global community. And I'm very excited and very happy to introduce you to my friend and one of the most passionate men I know, Mr. Brian Funk. Welcome, Brian. Hey, Shane. Great to be reconnected with you. It's Absolutely. been a few years since we've uh, since we've had a good old heart-to-heart, and we're overdue. I know. It has been. It's been a little while. It's been good. I mean, it's uh, the, the common theme with uh, my guests these days is uh, reconnecting after a few years of, of uh, silence or without connection. So it's good. I like it. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And you're it's like living proof that also, uh, you know, as I can imagine and as I'm sure we're about to experience, I'm sure all of your conversations pick up right where they left off. Yeah, pretty much. yeah it's it's kind of the you know the people that we know uh you know a lot of them as well because i i talk about i bring up the name invisible children a lot but it's just kind of the nature of that group of people um and i mean i think it's kind of my personality as well but yeah just pick up where we left off and and run real quick i do want to see if i can completely uh piss off everybody that might be listening how about those New England Patriots? <laughs> I I hate to tell you, I, you know this. I'm uh, I'm born and raised in New England, and uh, I hate to I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I spent my entire life surrounded by bloodthirsty Patriots fans, <laughs> and I and I couldn't I couldn't get on board. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I had to just, you know, throw it out there. Just first opportunity. They they first won. They first won. opportunity okay, I had. They won. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we know they Okay. <laughs> if you're listening, uh, comment uh, on Instagram, whatever, on whatever social media, your your team and your uh, your tastes for uh, New England Patriots and their most recent pickup especially. But uh, we'll, we'll move on from that. I just wanted to throw it out there and see how... Uh, See how riled up I could get everybody. Mm. <laughs> I think it. I think it's working. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Dude, I was looking. This is my my classic thing. I usually get on Facebook and kind of read the about. You know, the person that I'm going to have on there just to kind of brush up, see if there's anything I learned. I didn't realize you were in English writing or you studied English writing. Um. At, I was at Plymouth State. And, is that right? University. Yeah, and I, I have I have to admit to you, I think I was an English writing major. This is <laughs> this is kind of bad, but I went to I went to college. Yeah, having no clue what I wanted to do with my man. Life. Who Literally does? Clue, clueless, <laughs> lost. Still don't know in a way. Yeah, right. And um, I honestly was more passionate about what I was doing outside the classroom. I was super engaged and involved in my community and. Um, student organizations and being involved on campus and it's where I really kind of fostered my love for invisible children yeah and I was like well I'm here to get a degree and we're paying forty thousand dollars a year for it so what am I gonna do yeah and to to be honest I chose my major because I 
writing always came naturally. I always loved reading, but to be honest, I felt a great connection with the, the faculty in the department. Yeah. And that's so awesome. like, like most decisions I've made in my life, um, it's been about people. So yeah, looking back, that's, that's why I made that decision. But, but yes, I am an English writing major and I was also horrified when you said you went into the about section of my Facebook, because <laughs> remember like once upon a time when they were like little, like little note, like little notebooks that you could write. And I think, I think they're still buried there in Facebook. And there's, def- there's definitely some like high school. Uh, <laughs> I didn't dig that poetry deep. Poetry or, or something in there. And, and uh, I was afraid of what you found. Uh, I didn't dig that deep. I didn't dig that deep. So. <laughs> I love that about you that you're uh people, you know, people driven. I think that I find myself very much in that same vein. Um I just I think that most like jobs and things you do, it's not about the work so much, it's about the people you surround yourself with and that camaraderie, at least for me and and I have a feeling you probably agree. Mhm. Yeah, I well it's interesting cuz you know as the older, you know, it's it's fun to to look back, um, and you can see how all the dots connect. And yeah, I, I had so many moments in my life where everyone around me thought I was absolutely crazy for <laughs> the steps I was taking and the decisions I was making. But like somewhere deep down inside me, I just knew I was on my path. That's awesome. And you know, like man, when I was seventeen. My friends and I, you know, we befriended um, two Holocaust survivors, one of them being Elie Wiesel. Wow. And uh, they inspired us to do something about what's happening in the world today in terms of human rights and mass atrocities and genocide. And, yeah. And it's also the same time period where I, where I first was introduced to the nonprofit Invisible Children. Right. And so, like, Invisible Children intersected my life while I was building a relationship with people that had lived through a period of time in our history that I was both horrified by and fascinated with. Yeah. And it's like that human connection sparked the passion that said, okay, like, I don't know what to do, but I have to do something. Yeah. So let's, let's take an action step. And so, you know, my friends and I with literally no clue what we were doing, no experience, (laughs) 17 years old, I literally, the, the most accomplished thing I'd maybe done in my life at that point was that I was a football player and an actor and, <laughs> and, and I was breaking, I was crushing stereotypes. That's awesome. And, um, and I totally lost what I was going to say and I'm just going to own it because it's 9am and I'm halfway through my first cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, uh, you were, you were 17 years old. Um, yeah, uh, but most accomplished thing you guys were doing some awesome stuff. Mm, and... mm, mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and yeah, we we just basically put our skills and talents on the table and said, let's do a big event in our community. Um, you know how to do X, Y, and Z. I don't. I can do A, B, and C. Yeah, uh, you know, let, let's put a fundraiser together. And never having raised a penny in my life, we raised twenty grand in less in half a day. Wow, that's awesome. And it was like this moment where it was like, oh, you know, if you have a yeah. dream, you're cap- you're capable of it. And 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 basically, I went to college right off of that experience. And I said, you know, I felt a real connection to Invisible Children. So 
you know, I, I hosted the organization on campus. They brought screenings. I built, I built relationships with all of the folks from the organization that yeah. we encountered. And then you can trace those steps into, you know, I went to Uganda the summer before my senior year of college. And, yeah. Um, I was actually there the same summer as the um, the bombings that took place in Kampala. Right. And, uh, you know, in, as some of you might know, and many of you probably do, you know, one of our you know beloved friends and members of our community, Nate mm-hmm. Hen, you know, yeah. was the one was the one American um, that lost his life in that in that attack. Yeah. And. When I graduated college, I mean, I was, uh, I, I had no, I, I was, I was kind of back at square one. It was like, okay, I've had these experiences, but I don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. And I have no clarity on where to go, but I don't know, like being pulled by relationship and people and the, the way, the way people leave a, you know, an impression on your heart, i I just knew I had to apply to work for invisible children. And yeah, part of it was, part of it was my experience just engaged with the organization. Part of it was, you know, the proximity to just being in country when that event happened. And yeah. you know, I had known, I had known Nate and, um, you know, not super well, but had known him nonetheless. And yeah, it, it was really real. And it was like, well, this guy, you know, left behind a legacy and you know what, I'll pick up the torch and yeah. I'll, I'll play my small part. And I don't know what ripple it's going to make. And I don't know where it's going to lead me. I just know it's the right thing I got to do. Yeah. And, that's awesome. You know, and that's when our paths collided. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I, we, I think we start, did we start at the same time? You were there before me. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. there uh, fall 2010. So uh, I was actually in Haiti uh, I spent a couple months in Haiti uh, that summer, um, and so I got I got all that news while I was there about Nate and the bombing and all of that. I remember it so, like clearly, like where I was at, you know, like it just mind-boggling, and knowing that I was going to be headed to San Diego to work for Invisible Children after this, mm-hmm. and just the unknowns mm-hmm. as to kind of like what's going to happen here? You know, like what's, what's going on? Um, yeah. So we crossed paths. We were both roadies, uh, which is just traveling. We traveled the country, um, speaking and, and showing a documentary to, uh, different, uh, high schools, colleges, places of worship. And, uh, you actually went on to be one of the regional managers, which was in charge of the roadies and kind of leading them and managing their, experience and and our organization's uh impact in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um, which is awesome what yeah it was oh, keep going no go ahead no i was just gonna say it was this wild experience where it was just like i literally planned to go and do one internship yeah <laughs> and, same <laughs> and um you know it turned out to become this experience that became the foundation not only to my my personal growth into adulthood, but also the foundation of my career. And we'll yeah. trickle back to this, but there are, there are crazy synergies and serendipities that are taking place in my life now because of the choices that I've made at Invisible Children eight years ago. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I mean, like you, you, you said it in the beginning, like 
hindsight's always twenty twenty, and and you see these like connections. And yet, here's where I find myself, um, and I have to. I guess it's like a constant reminder. But um, when you look back, there's like so many. At least in my life, and it sounds like the same for you. There's so many of these like paths. There's so many of these decisions that are made even before, you know, like parents, uh, you know, people in our lives making the decisions that they made to lead us to where we are today. And mm-hmm. um, it's just amazing. And you start seeing these and it's like, well, I'm, I'm, I, I, I see these things in my own life. Uh, I wouldn't be here in Florida for if there was like multitude of things that didn't take place and decisions that were made. Like one decision mm. of like hundreds, you know, I mean, probably thousands that didn't get made and I wouldn't be in Florida right now where I'm at and I wouldn't be talking to you. And it's just crazy to me. And I think it's beautiful. I think that there is purpose to this world. I, I, I just, it's just following and, and knowing and staying present and knowing that you've got to make the best decision that you can. And ultimately it's going to lead to who you are in the future. Um, and being okay with that in some ways. <laughs> Yes, I actually, you just touched on something that, and I'm, I'm, you know, I had a few things in the back of my mind of, I totally coming into this conversation, just open, fluid, no expectation of where we're going to go. But I had a few things in the back of my mind that I wanted to bring up if I could. Yeah, man, you just spoke to one of them. (laughs) And, you know, and I'd love to share this with people, because this has been such a an eye opener for me and has become like really a guiding light and principle in my life and how I'm, how I see the world and how I make decisions. And, uh, I, I'm so grateful and blessed for the work that I do. Uh, I work for a company called plenty. Right. And, and we do retreats, workshops and coaching for individuals and organizations looking to create an impact in the world. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're at the intersection of, helping individuals find their authentic blueprint and be more fulfilled in their life and their work. But we're also working with, you know, you know, we're helping nonprofits grow and we're also working with, you know, major corporations uh, that are looking to to develop their social purpose and how they want to show up in the world. And, and it, it, and, you know, on the corporate side, people are just, you know, there's totally an evolution in business where it's not about the bottom line anymore. And the consumer cares a lot more than the bottom line, and yeah. it's being driven, being driven in the large part by the millennial generation. And I agree. And I, I bring this up just for context, but but all of the work that we do are through uh, these experiential retreats, and, and we hold this belief that um, if all if any of us are ever looking for an answer, we all hold the wisdom within we all have the answers and we run a leadership retreat called lantern and at lantern uh we have a few key principles and one of them is called the four lights and the four lights are essentially you know it speaks to exactly what you are saying you know one of the lights is you know you only need to see what's right in front of you you Mm -hmm. know if you're in the if you're in the dark and you don't know where to go you hold a lantern above your head, the circle that's illuminated around you is actually all you need to see to make the next choice, the next decision. Because if you look, if you're not present and if you're not aware, and if your sight is a hundred yards ahead of you into the dark with where you can't see, you'll miss 
where your feet are going. Mm. Right. It's like a really simple but beautiful metaphor. And it's taught me a lot about being present in my life. Yeah. It's taught, it's taught me a lot about like slowing down and seeing what's in front of me. And, and, you know, we don't have to have all the answers. Um, you know, and, you know, another one of the four lights is that there's a larger light guiding us. And it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what you call it, but we can all agree that we live in this cosmos where we are all from the same, we are all made up of the same material. And, you know, whatever you call the forces that guide us, we're all connected. Yeah. You know, and... We are, yep, for sure. You know, so it, it's just, I, I just kind of wanted to share some of those yeah nuggets where, you know, and you just spoke to that really beautifully. And, you know, I just think, uh, I there's a wonderful book that I love that's called The Wisdom of Insecurity by Alan Watts. Okay. I gotta write that and, down. And... Yeah, Wisdom of Insecurity by Alan Watts. And the whole book is about how generations of people have been living and dying and they never live their life. And they never live their life because they live in fear of the future and anxiety of the past. Yeah. And when you when you operate in those states of being, your life flashes by and you miss every yeah. present moment that comes your way. And so the whole book is about finding presence and finding... Yeah finding a way to appreciate what's in front of you and, and yeah we yeah we hear this so often with you know just older generations um you know like the grandparent types of you know or these interviews or these conversations that people always ask like people that are on their deathbed you know like what would you tell the younger generation and it comes up so often like enjoy life and mm-hmm. um you know, stay present. Don't don't worry about making the money or don't worry about all these other things like follow your passions and the money will come. And, you know, these different concepts, these different ideas. And I think that they're really important to, to hear um, and to keep in the forefront of your mind. And I think that staying present is one of the best ways to do that. It And, and if you're listening, don't be confused with the idea of like, it doesn't mean you don't plan for the future. It doesn't mean that you don't you know, like use the lessons that you've learned from your past. It's just that those aren't the things that you idolize and you uh, put all of your time and energy into. You've got to use your surroundings and use your wisdom and your knowledge to uh, of those past and the future goals or future things that you want to accomplish to harness the, the present. And I think that that's an important thing to remember as well. Yeah, that's a great point. One of the one of the analogies I like to use is uh, around presence is like if you sit on the couch and watch Netflix for eight hours a day. Yeah, that day is over in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But if I but if I go on a if I put my phone down and I go on a hike, a two hour hike <laughs> feel, feels like the eight hours of Netflix. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, I've done something in two hours that felt like eight. And in this really magical way, I've bought myself more time in my day. I've, I've like extended my life in a way. Yeah. Right? So like the trick and challenge of life is like when you're present and you're with the experience or the person sitting in front of you, time slows down. Yeah. Like maybe, you know, like, 
time is relative. And like, I love the, I love the days. Like I love the days where I feel like my morning, like by the time I get to the afternoon, the morning feels like it was two days ago. Yeah. And like, those are the best days on planet earth because you're, you're putting more time and experience into the same window of time that everybody else has. Yeah. And, and, and you're just, you're just that much more awake. Absolutely. And for me, it's, it's the, it's being disciplined. You know, I'm, I'm working currently, I'm working full time with crazy face Uno and, and trying to build this foundation. And, you know, I, I get the choice to wake up when I want to. And, uh, I've found that having that discipline, regardless, you know, regardless of when I went to bed the night before of having that discipline of like, Hey, I'm going to get up at this time, you know, I'm going to get up at eight o'clock and in the morning and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to get going and I'm going to start my day right. I'm going to start my day with a solid foundation and, and not just sleep the morning away, which is such an easy thing to do. And it's not just, it's not just like, you know, your, your desires, you know, like the alarm goes off or my wife gets up and goes to work and I, I don't want to get up when she gets up, you know, or I don't want to get up at that time necessarily. But, um, I also, it's just that discipline of like, all right, it's time to get up. It's time to get going. And then what it, what I feel like it provides for me is I feel sharp. I feel good. I feel like I, I can get more accomplished when I get up and get going. And then as well as like, it allows me to have that time with my wife when she gets home from work and I, and I don't have to like work into the evening or, or do things into the evening. And it gives me that freedom and that balance and, um, of life and work. And I just think that, you know, those, those things are important just like you mentioned as well. Mm, I love that. I really, really love that. Brian. So you were, you left college, went to invisible children Plan to do one stint like myself, one little internship, one little uh, bit. Ended up sticking around for a little while. Did you know, actually, did you know that, uh, so I was the same thing. Like, I, I actually had lined up, uh, my next gig was going to be going back to, to Haiti and into helping with a project there. I didn't know that. And that all fell through after my, my first uh, tour with Invisible Children, and then I ended up just re-upping and staying on and and doing it again yeah crazy that's really cool yeah i mean i'm sorry you didn't get to go to haiti yeah it was it's actually a real bummer i was looking at those emails uh like six months ago i was like looking through my old emails of um i don't know why but it's a blast from the past but i saw that when i was like man that is crazy to think about how different my life would be again those decisions or those things that happen you know um yep that like lead you to where you are so i mean yeah go on that's a whole i'm gonna plant another seed that's a whole other thing <laughs> this was not pre-planned yeah that's a whole other thing that is really <laughs> present that is really present in my life right now and oh boy we are not in control and i'm a control and i've been a control freak i've yeah, been the, likewise. <laughs> i am the master of my own destiny and the universe uh, in the last couple of years, and really in my 20s, I mean, I've gotten a swift kick in the ass. <laughs> uh, I've gotten my ass kicked. Yeah. And and it was just this lesson in, like, holy crap, I'm not in control. And, there, and you know, we can, we'll get to it in a minute. But uh, there are things that I've been through in the last two years that are like, it, I could have done everything perfectly. Yeah. Yep. And, and things still 
will happen out of your control that completely derail you. And yeah. It's, and it's just like, wow. You know, I just think like control is this illusion. Um, you know, there are things in your life that you can control, but I'm talking about on, I'm talking on like a much more like spiritual level. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's just like, there is so much happening around us and there are things, you know, you, you just, you think you're in control. And I think it's something that we teach ourselves to feel safe, but I think like, it is a safety how, mechanism for sure. How, I, 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 how freeing is it to realize that, Hey, maybe I'm not in control as much as I was. Yeah. And I think that leans into like, that leans into purpose because like, man, like you weren't supposed to go to Haiti. No. You know? And yeah. I think that's part of your purpose. Yeah. I your mean, purpose, you, you know, your purpose was to be at invisible children longer and, yeah. and the path that it led you and, you know, and those and relationships I was of, able to build and, and yeah, I, for sure. I 100% agree. It, it's, it's crazy to think about. It really is like, it, it, and it's, it's freeing. Like you said, I think that when you let go of that control a little bit, that's something I've been working on in recent, recent months, to be honest, is I'm a control freak as well. Um, and it's funny how that manifests, you know, it, you control different things. You control the information that you tell people, mm -hmm. you control the things that you want to keep to yourself because you're afraid of what someone else might think that fear, um, controlling your environment, controlling, I don't know, just so many different things. And, and I guess the one that's been really, I've been challenged with the most is controlling, um, letting go of the control of what comes out of my mouth in some ways and, and not in like a derogatory way, you know what I mean? Like, but I feel like I've been bashful of, man, what's my family going to think if I tell them that, you know, this or what's my, you know, like, what are people going to think? What if people don't like me? What if people don't, you know, all these insecurities and being like, you know what, who cares? Like at the end of the day, like I have to be my truest self in a healthy way and not in a, like controlling my environment way. Does that make sense? Preach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. And that's kind of the other, the other component of like a lot of things that we're talking about is just, you know, who, like, what is your most authentic self? Yeah. And I think the other, the other journey we're all on together and finding our purpose is, finding out who we are and who we want to be and the person we want to grow into and yeah who who are we like at our you know core dna blueprint like who are we in our most authentic form and yeah and that's and that's how we show up in the world and right i just you know imagine how you show up imagine how differently you show up when you show up as your true self versus versus molding yourself into something you think someone wants you to be. Yeah, for sure. And 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 if you take the latter, that's a, that's a that's a redirect off your path. Yeah. Yep. So like you know, and and it's really like it's kind of become a big part of my philosophy about how we do make a difference in the world and how how we mm. do leave an impact is 
you know, like you and I started our careers working for a global movement. And, yeah. you know, and we were a part of, we were a small piece of something that made a big difference in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and the older I get, the more I'm kind of realizing that, you know, the real way that we can, you know, we're not always going to be a part of a global movement. So what do you do every day? And, you know, we want to leave a legacy and we want, we want to know that our lives have purpose and meaning. And at the end of the day, it's, it's like my life and legacy and impact is going to flourish the most as long as I am whole and fulfilled and true to myself. And if I don't take care of those yep. three things, if I don't take care of my house in that way, I don't take care of my well-being and my wholeness and yeah. my heart. And if I'm not gentle with myself and if I don't care mm. for myself, I can't yeah. do that for other people. And I can't yeah. do that for the world or my community. Yep. Yep. 100%. I'm right there with you. First, I want to just address the the noise here. Apparently, the mowing is happening today. So that's a, mm. that's a thing that's happening in the background. I apologize for that sound. Nothing I can do about it, and I'm gonna let hey, that man. one go. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hey. call a spade a spade. So, hey man, you're not in control. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that while I was like fixating on this lawnmower outside. I'm like, you son of a gun! Dang it. Uh, however, I'm out of control of that one, so we're just gonna move on. What did you do after Invisible Children? Yeah, I w- after Invisible Children, I went on to go work for to write love on our own. Okay. Uh, which is a which is a nonprofit focused on um, giving help and hope and resources to people struggling with uh, depression, addiction, and thoughts of suicide. Yeah. And wonderful, wonderful organization. Also, uh, today is Tuesday, September tenth, and it's World Suicide Prevention Day. So yeah. just want to just want to give you know just want to highlight that um, you know there's a lot of really great organizations in the world that are doing really critical work to help people and mental health is something that impacts all of us and yeah you know just you know i just think it's a nice flag to say if you know someone that's struggling um even if you have a question reach out you know and there's bravery and boldness in asking for help absolutely i went I, i went on so that's my plug for world suicide prevention day awesome um i actually didn't even like realize it until you said what did you do after Invisible Children? But I, I went on to go work for them, and I led, I led their fundraising initiatives and strategic partnerships. And then after To Write Love, I woo, I just went off on my own. Yeah. <laughs> and, and tried to figure it out, and I moved to Nashville, which was a lot of fun. Amazing community. That town is. That town's incredible. Yeah. And um, it was a mix of, you know, I tried to start a business, failed. Um, I was doing some nonprofit consulting. I was doing some public speaking around the country, which was really fun and rewarding. And then uh, I I also got my real estate license. Yeah. (laughs) What was the the public speaking stuff? That sounds really interesting. Yeah. well, here's the thing. I, I have a bit of a qualm with the speaking industry. Okay. And, um, you know, I might get knocked for this, but whatever. <laughs> like, sc- 
schools and communities and organizations pay an absorbent amount of money to bring in speakers. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, and like, it's not unreasonable for, you know, a speaker with it, even if, if you're not well known, it's not unreasonable that if you have a, you know, if you have great content and a great product, uh, you don't have to be a celebrity, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility to be paid ten to twenty thousand dollars for a forty minute lecture. Yeah. And um and and you know, and then you get into the Brene Brown category and you know, that's a whole other ball game. Yeah. And I just you know, I think what I loved about Invisible Children, and this is like a little bit on my high horse about Invisible Children, like we did such an amazing job bringing something for free, giving young people and experience that changed their lives. And we gave them tools to be able to follow their passions and make a difference, yeah. you know, and, and it was a quality product. Room. It was quality. And we came into the room and we didn't just inspire you and then leave. Right. Um, and I, I think what I felt really torn about doing some public speaking after invisible children was I felt like for a while I was going to schools, I was being paid a decent amount to, you know, share an inspirational message but there wasn't substance beyond the message mm. and yeah i really struggled with that and what ended up happening is actually my mentor was no, no, this is like a thread in serendipity my mentor who was my english teacher senior year of high school who is the medium to who introduced us to ellie wiesel and these other Holocaust survivors. Yeah. She also, in in her classroom, is when I f- first saw Invisible Children: The Rough Cut. Ah. And she went on to go work in education reform, and uh, she works for the University of Connecticut, and nice. um, she works for Joe Renzulli, who has you know forty five years of of research in the you know field of education reform, and she's she's implementing in schools around the world this amazing new rich curriculum for school systems moving away from standardized like a standardized model yeah and and the idea behind their model is that every student is gifted Mm. and every student has talents and we we are pumping our kids through school like school through structures in our education system where if you thrive as a writer and do great in English class, but you are failing in math, we yeah. put all your energies into doing better in math. Mm. But as soon as you get out into the real world, like no company is going to hire the talented writer to work in Excel. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And so their whole model is about prioritizing students' strengths and skills and creating basically like it's an enrichment model where students actually get to follow their talents and their passions within the classroom. Yeah, that's really cool. It's a really beautiful thing. So what ended up happening was I, I ran a workshop at their big conference and, um, you know, it jazzed a lot of educators up and, and my, you know, my teacher and mentor, we call her Waz. Um, her name's Nicole Waikunas. Nice. <laughs> she, she said, she said, you know, like, 
your message and, and really what I was speaking about was how young people can find their gifts to make a difference in the world. And she said, your message really resonates around the model that we're implementing. Can we send you into schools to, to like really raise up the energy level before we come in and implement? And I was like, oh my God, yes. This is what I've been looking for. Yeah. Right. It's it's like I can come in and and I can provide an inspirational message that has a, follow a substantial up. follow up and structure on the back end. That's and it's and it paired so nicely. So I did a number of speaking engagements um, with them that's as great. well, which is fun. And I haven't done that in a few years now. It's been a it's actually been a hot minute since I've done any of that. But yeah. my season in Nashville was very entrepreneurial and. It also was a lot of failure. I mean, I got my, I got whooped, you know, it yeah. was just, it Boy. was hard, you know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but, um, again, like it just, I felt called to go there and I felt called to experiment and, you know, the compounded failure between, you know, um, a failed startup and, um, you know, real estate, as you know, is not, <laughs> it, it, it takes it takes time yeah. and I didn't have the runway. You know, I had a great first year in real estate, but it takes three years to really stabilize. I just yeah. did not have the, I did not have the runway or the time to make it possible. And you know, I was honestly, I was really depressed and defeated and, yep. and lost and lost and just, and felt like I was off track. I was off course and I kept failing. Um, I mean, it was crazy. I gave real estate one last final push before I left Nashville. This was the fall of 2016. And I mean, it was like moment of desperation. And I literally was, I was working a hundred hours a week. Yeah. Um, for two months straight. And that two months led to, I had 1.2 million in real estate under contract. Yeah. And I was poised to have a really nice month, uh, a month that was going to buy me a year and a half of runway and time yeah. to figure, figure things out. And uh, one by one, I watched all of those deals die. And they were completely out of my control. And, yep. and I was left looking at my year, and I was like, wow, I've been working 100 hours a week, and I'm not going to get paid for a single one of them. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how to pay rent next month. <laughs> yeah, isn't that brutal? You know, and basically I, I and again, I, I took a moment to slow down. I spent Thanksgiving that year by myself. And over Thanksgiving, I just sat with myself and I just said something there. I don't know what it is, but I sort of released the pressure off of myself to say, yeah. like, why are you why are you failing? Like, why can't you make this happen? Why yeah. is it still hard to pay pay rent? Like, why haven't you figured this out? And I basically I basically just kind of looked around and I said, I don't know what it is, but there's something out there that's trying to tell me something like it has to. Yeah. Because in the, in the times of my life where I've been in sync with where I'm supposed to be, I've thrived. And right. it's like, and I had this moment where I was like, I'm not thriving. And that's a great, that's working, a great point. I, I've, I've not, I've not been able to put words to that, but I think that that's really it. Like when I was, you said something about the, the, the fact that when you were doing essentially like what you were supposed to be doing, you were thriving. And I, I really like that because I, I feel similarly 
with that. And yeah. I think that that's been that period of time that you're talking about, you know, between invisible children and, and it sounds like, you know, now or, or then or whatever has been, it's had its difficulties. That's for sure. And, uh, it's been that search or that trying to find that place, you know, my place in, in the world, my place in life and how I can, um, give back, make a difference and whatever, you know, uh, be a functional part of society in, in a way that I find meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that really, that really hit home for me. So I don't uh, think I had words for that necessarily, but I, I really like that. I think that, I think there's some, a lot of truth to what you just said. Thanks, man. Yeah. It, it's not just to clarify. It's not just, it's not like financially. Yeah. No. I mean, finance, finances are a part of it, but it, it, it it's, it, it's spiritually and it's in your, it's in your level of happiness. And yeah. It, it, it's in the relationships you have with other people and uh, it's very holistic when i say thriving uh, think of something much more holistic and especially i looked at my whole time in nashville and i just said something beyond myself is not allowing me to thrive and so that means i'm not supposed to be here yeah and and i made that decision on thanksgiving day 2016 and nine days later i had i had all of my prized possessions in my car and I was driving home um, yeah. to my childhood home. What, uh, so, what do you think those years, are there things you can, you can look at and go like, these are what I learned from those moments or from that failure in a sense of, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I think I, the biggest thing for me is, and this is still a work in progress, but I was so hard on myself. Mm. I was so laser focused back at myself, you know, like storming around the house in a ball of anxiety. Or every time I looked in the mirror, it was just like, why are you failing? Why, yeah. why don't you have it together? Why, you know, and, and I, you know, it's like, I just wasn't kind to myself. Uh, and, and I get it uh, more than you even understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's I, like, I'm talking to myself right now. So. <laughs> yeah, I was not kind to myself, and I was not gentle with myself. Yeah. I just think I'm in this new season of being a lot more gentle with myself. Yeah, I like that. Me too. Likewise, it's yeah. And that I'm, you know, and I'm gonna fast fast forward a little bit. I mean, that's come back in a really real way in terms of not only being kind to yourself and being gentle to, with yourself, but like taking care of yourself mm-hmm. and. And man, I moved home from Nashville and I knew, you know, I was born and raised in New England. I wanted to be back here. I love it. I love the mountains. I love the ocean. Um, I, I want to be close to home. And I moved to Portland, Maine. And it was the first time in my life that I moved to a city without a job lined up. Um, or, you know, like when I moved to Nashville, I kind of had something teed up that allowed me to take care of myself, which was great. Yeah. But I moved to Portland and, you know, I had nothing lined up. It was just, it was like, I'm, I made the choice for me to be in a place where I could plant roots and it, it was a more holistic step. And uh, I got a wonderful job uh, working for a fundraising consulting firm and, yeah, you know, we had, we had a lot of really great clients and over the course of 2017, I really got to this place of like, again, like much more slowed down much more present and I felt like 
the things that I was desiring in my life were starting to come to fruition in terms of just quality of life and lifestyle and friends and um, all of these things started to come together. And at the end of 2017, and at the, you know, basically at the turn of the new year into 2018, um, I started to get sick. And yeah. uh, I just thought I had a chest cold, right? I mean, yeah. Coughing and fever. I, mean, I thought I had bronchitis or something. Uh, you know, but I didn't have health insurance. And so, you know, I just, it was another one of those things where you say, oh, I'm, I'm just going to fight this thing off. And yeah. I'll get better in a few weeks. And it did not get better. <laughs> and I basically lived with what I thought was bronchitis for like five weeks. Oof. And by the last week, I couldn't walk 15 feet without collapsing. Oh, man. And what I actually had was I had a massive blood clot in my right leg Oof. that went one went from mid calf to mid thigh and it broke off and went to my lungs. And oh, I man. had, hun- I, I had hundreds of blood clots in my lungs and, uh, basically slowly, but surely, uh, one of my lungs was being closed off. And basically by the, by the time I actually got to a hospital, um, and, you know, this is not an exaggeration, you know, my, my doctors pretty much told me, you know, another 30 minutes and I would have, I wouldn't be here. Wow. Um, yeah. My, my right lung closed off, uh, was completely clotted. Uh, and I, you know, oxygen was not getting to my organs, the rest of my body. And I was on the verge of a heart attack. Wow. And, um, yeah, I was in the ICU for a number of days, and I was in the hospital for about a week. Yeah. And, um, yeah, again, it was just this, it was this massive lesson in you're not in control. And, yeah. you know, it was, a, it was another experience that was fairly traumatic that was, you know, basically since then I've been confronting and dealing with the fact of, you know, i I touched something I haven't touched before. Um, yeah. And it's changed my perspective on a lot of things. And, and I'm, I'm prioritizing my gentleness with myself and my yeah. the care for myself and my well being in a whole new way. Um, but what's also really magical and beautiful is I had this rock bottom experience. And I mean, when I got sick, I didn't have health insurance. Right. I was up to my eyeballs in medical debt. Yeah. I see you, you know, I I did a go, I did a GoFundMe, and our invisible children community raised every freaking penny. Yeah. And I'm now, you know, medical debt free and congratulations. uh, That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was such, I mean, such a gift that I'm still trying to still trying to earn. Uh, but so many amazing, wonderful things have happened in my life because I hit rock bottom. Like I, you know, before I got sick, I was like, oh, I found the city I want to live in. And, you know, I'm happy in all these ways. And overnight I lost my home. I lost my job. I lost my health. I lost financial security. I literally like all, all in one day in a matter of 24 hours, like every major sort of crisis that you could go through, four of them happened in one day. It was just, you know, boom. And, And there I found myself 
back home recovering with my family because um, I had to be looked after for a while. And and I, it just it felt so defeating because it was just and again it was like this it was this moment of like oh my gosh I thought I finally was getting traction I thought I was finally getting somewhere and then the rug gets pulled out from underneath your feet. What I didn't see at the time and what I see now is that my life got put on another parallel track. And I think this relates back to purpose and where we're supposed to be. Yeah. Because I, because I got sick and because I ran that GoFundMe, I got a call from Plenty, the company I currently work at. And the founders of Plenty, Jeff Shuck and Jennifer Mulholland, I know them because Jeff Shuck was on the board of directors of Invisible Children. Yeah. And Jeff reached out and he said, I think we can help you. Why don't you come to one of our retreats out in Park City, Utah? We have a retreat center called Heart Space. Um, he said, why don't you come out to one of our retreats for a week and come heal. Come heal your soul. Yeah. And I took him up on it. And I went. And I'm not kidding you. I, I, I like found... I found my true north again at that retreat. I, I went to Lantern. I went to the Lantern Leadership Retreat. Yeah. I found I found my true north. That's awesome. And I, I found my voice again, and I found my purpose again, and my passion came back. And what led from that was a lot of really serendipitous conversations and doors opening that led to me getting hired by the company. Yeah. And you look back, and you connect all the dots and it's just like if I had never gotten sick, I wouldn't be here right now. And my, and I'm in a place now where I'm thriving again. Right. Absolutely yeah. thriving. That's awesome. In friendship, in relationship, in work, in play, in every element of my life, I feel so whole. And I, in whatever I was doing, and again, this kind of goes back to like there's a higher light guiding us and yeah and again like it, 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 we we don't have to get into the weeds of this but you know i mean i was raised i was raised a, a catholic but i haven't been to church in 20 years you know so sure. when i say higher light and when i say spiritual i mean that i live my life in a spiritual way um you know uh, i i think the i don't i don't have an adopted kind of institutional yeah, um, I don't have an institutional adoption of, of spirituality. I, yeah, I I really I, respect I, that. I appreciate that a lot. I mean, yeah, I, I'm very much in a in a same place. I think uh, right now, and you know, I've touched on that in previous podcasts, so I won't get into it too much. But um, yeah, no, I agree yeah. with you. I think there is a 100. percent There's a guiding light, a higher power, something that's more than we understand and and know and can comprehend. But um, yeah. And it just, you know, I guess what I wanted to say was it just makes me feel like, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of um, dumping my heart and soul on the table here, but it, it just <laughs> makes, it. It, just, it just really makes me feel like, you know, you, someone could look back and, you know, I could totally let a near-death experience be something that pulls me back. And instead I've, I've allowed it to, and it's, it's been a journey. I mean, I put myself in counseling for the first time in my life after that experience. Yeah. It, it has not been easy uh, and, and it's taken a lot of self-work to get to where I am, but yeah. 
I look back and I say, wow, <laughs> there were things out of my control that put me on a new path. Yeah. And because I wasn't on the path I was supposed to be on. Yeah. And to me, I look at that and I say, there, there are forces greater than me and there, there are factors, there are factors out of my control that are helping me find my purpose. Yeah. That are helping me stay on the path I'm supposed to be on. And if I'm present and if I'm taking care of myself and if I'm whole, I can make, I can be aware of the, what the next steps are and right. what things are in front of me and where to go. And for me, that's so, that's just, that's what we're all trying to figure out. Mm, yeah, for sure. And, and I'm not saying that I have, that I'm some wise old sage or I have the answer. Like I'll be totally honest. Most days I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> But, Likewise, but it, it's just yeah, it's just been this incredibly rich perspective that, in my current state of life, informs how I'm moving through the world and how I'm showing up. And I'm probably going to have a lot more experiences in the years and decades to come that are going to morph my perspective again. Yeah, I have um, I have a question. I want to dig in just with something you you mentioned, and I guess maybe it's a statement, and maybe you think this maybe you don't maybe it's subconscious but you said you've been you know you were given this gift by you know financially and you're trying to earn it and i just want you to know that gifts are given they're not earned and uh that is a gift to you my friend and you don't need to repay those debts that have been paid for you so um that's something you can give up and get let go of you be you and, and keep living your 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 life to its fullest. I think that that's the gift that you get to keep living. So um, take that to heart. I don't know if it oh, slipped out that. or I if that love, meant. Thank you. But but I want you to know that yeah, gifts are given, man. It's a gift. It's a something you get to have for free. You don't have to pay anything back. Um, yeah. No, that's that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Maybe even that was a glimpse into some of the things I'm still working through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I just, it stuck know. out to me and I just, I want you to know. Yeah. I mean, from somebody that, yeah, that was totally subconscious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What do you think the retreats, what, what about these retreats like rejuvenated you or, or breathed life into you or what, what was it that you learned or, or took from these retreats that's really altered your life? Mm, it's a few things. Uh, one, it, it is such an intentionally, um, it, it, the curriculum is so, it's so designed with heart and it, it's designed to help you to slow down. It's designed to help you find presence. It's designed to help you look inward. And again, the wisdom comes from within and oftentimes in our life, we don't take the time and space to to sit with ourselves in that way. Yeah. So there's so, a curriculum. So, is there speakers as a, well? Or there's, so it's facilitated by Jeff and Jen. Okay. And it mixes yoga and meditation and healthy eating and outdoor experientials and you know pure discussion yeah. and and the, you know the and you know it's it's walking you through really like the framework is helping you hone in on what is your passion what is your purpose 
when you're able to define those two things, what is the highest possibility for your life? Mm. Who are the people that you need to surround yourself to make that highest possibility yeah. a reality? And, and it's, it's really tangible in that way. But it's also really enriching, and you will understand this. I'm going to try to explain this to, for folks. Not, you know, like to bring this back to invisible children in a way. They're, the experience of Lantern, I think, attracts a certain caliber of human. And yeah. when I say caliber, I mean it attracts a person that is curious and heart-driven and wants their life to be full of purpose and yeah. and they want to live authentically and it, it attracts that kind of person and at invisible children we had a culture and a community of people that embraced their passion embraced their purpose and dove in and went 110 percent. yeah it was an and incubator it, for for it was an it was an incubator for changing rich, the world. <laughs> rich connection and yeah. changing the world. And we used to call invisible children Narnia. Yeah. And if you've ever read Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, we, you know, there was a, a metaphor where invisible children was like stepping into Narnia. Someday you had to step out of the wardrobe again. And yeah. in, a, in a weird way, my 20s have been spent trying to, trying to find another doorway into Narnia. Likewise. And I went to Heartspace, and I went to Lantern, and I sat in a room, I sat in an incubator space with people that had values about passion and purpose and living authentically and taking care of ourselves and making the world a better place. Yet these were, these weren't, you know, and, uh, you know, we were, we, we were young at Invisible Children. We were, it was grassroots. It was gritty. Yeah. And this time around, I was sitting in that kind of environment with seasoned professionals and CEOs and executive directors, and yeah, and and it cre- the space that's created at HeartSpace is so it makes it so safe to be vulnerable. It makes it so safe to open yourself up. It makes it safe to cry. I can't tell you how many times I cried during that <laughs> retreat. And yeah. I left the retreat, and I actually called a few of my friends from Invisible Children. And the first thing I said to them was, I found Narnia again. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and that's what the experience was like for me. It was like, wow, like I found this place where we can be real and we can ask hard questions and we can give each other the feedback that we need to hear that's not always easy to hear. Mm. And, we can, and we can be guided in a rich way that helps us find the answers ourselves. Yeah, which is it's, so important. It's huge. Yeah, and so and to foster that environment, I think is is like special in and of itself, and you just don't find that very often, and you know it's just it's special for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's something that I want people to experience, you know. And, and yeah. So. So now you're yeah, at, it, it, now you're at Plenty. You you work for Plenty after leaving that retreat. Did you, I mean, it sounds like you kind of talked about it, the, I forget their names already, but the, Jeff, Jeff and Jen, Jeff and Jen, they reached out to you. What was that process from that point forward? Like, what did that look like for you? How long between the retreat and like getting starting? Y'all, it was the wildest hiring process. I've ever <laughs> <laughs> it was, it 
was wild. And this is, to me, it was like the epitome of like following flow and letting go of control. And basically, yeah. you know, Jeff and Jen had talked to me at the end of Lantern and, you know, and it was just a nudge. And it, it just was, you know, hey, we've seen you this week and we'd love to have a one-on-one follow-up. And yeah. I was like, okay. But I also, I left Lantern and was foaming at the mouth, like, how do I work for them? I mean, uh, I yeah. was just, I was just like, this company is amazing. Yeah. I mean, the just the work they are doing and and uh, just the, uh, it just was beautiful. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like this is a space where I want to grow into. And uh, two weeks later, I pinged them and I said, you know, hey, I, I would really love to have that follow up and. Over the course of the fall, we had a series of conversations, and our conversation and I—they were conversations. Um, I wouldn't really say that they were interviews. Uh, we were very much aligning on where do we see our personal and professional paths going, and yeah. what's our purpose. And and you know, we were talking about really high-level things, and it was just really clear that there was an incredible amount of alignment and, That's awesome. and because I'd known Jeff since Invisible Children you know he knew my story they you know they knew my background they know the work that I've been in and all you know and my toolkit was aligned as well so yeah. we had a series of conversations I went up to the retreat in October and we we were in conversation through the rest of October and November and because of the holidays and things being or the holidays being Thanksgiving and things being busy, we fell out of touch for a few weeks. We had to reschedule a few calls. And in the meantime, you know, I was working for another wonderful organization. Um, and at the time called the Nexus Fund. Yeah. And we were, I had to go to DC for Giving Tuesday. And, uh, you know, we did a fundraiser and I was getting ready to leave DC and I was on Facebook and I saw that Plenty was flying to D.C. to meet with a client. And so I pinged them and I said, hey, you know, I think our, our paths are crossing for less than half a day in D.C. On the rare chance that you have an open window, let me know. I'll meet you. Yeah. And they were flying in and I was flying out and we had a one hour overlap for coffee as they were coming into the city and I was leaving. <laughs> and That's awesome. Over that meeting, um, they they made me a verbal offer. And here's where things get eerie and kind of crazy. That was on a Thursday. I went home in the following week on a Tuesday at 9 o'clock at night. I got a call from my boss at my current company. And she called me and said, you know, you're my first phone call. And I thought, what is going on right now? Yeah. And, and she says, you know, there's been something happening behind the scenes. There's a wonderful opportunity for our organization. Uh, we're going to be going through a merger, and it's really great for our work and our programs. But I'm not getting everything I wanted, and that includes my job and my staff. Ouch. And so I got laid off. And two <laughs> days later, the offer in writing came through from Plenty. I just got chills. <laughs> Like legitimately, like that's like such a cool, that's such a cool like story, you know, like 
alignment, you know, like just being on purpose and, and, uh, being, being where you're supposed to be, you know, kind of what you had mentioned before. I think that's, I think that's really beautiful. I mean, to be honest, if it's like you had a title for this episode, I feel like it's on purpose. Like, (laughs) yeah, the trick, the, like the thing in life is to, is finding your authentic blueprint, living in a place of well-being and presence. And when you do that, you can you can be aware of the steps that you can take to fulfill your purpose and whatever that purpose it is. You know, it could it could be changing the world, yeah. or it could be a lot smaller. But we all have our part to play. And it's yeah. like, and when you're on your path of purpose, you find serendipities, you find alignment, things fall into place more easily. Where when you're not on your path and you're trying to make things happen it feels hard and it doesn't happen the way that you want it to. And yeah, I don't know. It's like it, on one hand it feels really fluffy, but on, but on the I other, think it's, I think it's it true though. So, it speaks so true to like what I've witnessed. Yeah. And I, my experience even, you know, I've gone through many different, I don't know, the last few months, four months, three, four months here has been crazy. Uh, for me, and I, I, I really feel that too, and I think it's a just a not a wake up call in some ways for me, but I, it's just something I needed to hear again uh, more of. Is yeah, just you know, kind of trusting that process again. Um, you know, moving here was really hard, and and I just had to continually tell myself to you just got to trust the process. You're out of control. You can only control the things that you can, you know, and trust mm-hmm. the process. You're doing everything you possibly can to make this move and, and to make this the best that you can just trust the process. And as I dive into, you know, more and more into crazy face, Uno, it's the, it's the same thing. It's trust the process. I've, I've, uh, I've lo- loosened. I want, I haven't, opened my hand but I've loosened the grip that I had on crazy face Uno and the direction I wanted it to go and what I thought needed to be done and the next steps and whatever and I've just loosened that up a little bit and said you know what I've got to I've got to just focus on I've just got to focus on the things that I can focus on and control and take it one day at a time and trust that process again and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I I think that that's important, and I think the more for me, at least in in this endeavor that I'm on, it's remembering that uh, stay on purpose, control the things you can, stay focused on what you can. But it doesn't mean don't work hard. It doesn't mean like step back and do nothing. It means work hard at what you're working, like what you can, you know. And don't yeah. try to force your agenda. Let the agenda kind of come to you and let, let things kind of develop and, and unfold as they're supposed to be. And I've already seen that, you know, I, this whole process and this whole like direction of doing good and making a difference and whatever that means and whatever that looks like is it's open for a reason. And, uh, yeah, I, that's, that's a real, it's a real reminder for me. And I think I needed to hear that today. So thank you. Hmm. Man, thank you. Thanks for, thanks for the invitation to have a really 
juicy, fun conversation. Absolutely. On a Tuesday, on a Tuesday morning. I know. What a, what a great way to start your day, right? I kept thinking about that this morning before we even talked about talked at all. And I was like, man, you know, we started this at 9 o'clock on a Tuesday. Um, I'm going to be posting this tomorrow, uh, which will be Wednesday. So if you're listening, it's Wednesday, uh, most likely. But I was just like, man hour and a half is usually like, you know, I, I cut it off at an hour and a half. So at 1030, my day is like already started. I'm like, I got a great start to the day. I've been trying to dive into a couple books that I've been listening to on Audible. And so mm-hmm. just being very intentional when I wake up in the morning of, all right, I'm going to listen to 15 minutes of these books, you know, 15 minutes of this one, 15 minutes of this one. I actually finished the other one this morning. I had 30 minutes left. And when I woke up, I was like, I'm just going to dive into it and finish this one out. Uh, so I already started before we even got here, kind of getting my brain juices flowing and finish that book up. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just been really good. I love, I love getting the mind activated and going in the morning. It's, there's no better way. And I know you, you're headed, you're headed to work after this, right? So it's like inspired and and ready to get, get the day going. And and that's how I feel right now. I'm like, all right, I've got a lot of like things to think about. This is, this platform, this podcast is as much for me as it is for anybody. And, uh, it's, it's been beautiful. It's, it's great to reconnect with people and friends and people I love, um, the people that I love and are my friends are doing amazing things around the around the world, around the country. And it's, it's inspiring for me to be able to like listen to their stories and to take these little nuggets and tidbits. And, you know, I've been taking notes as you're going and I've got different things written down of like, man, I got to remember that I got to, you know, on purpose and, um, you know, these different things. And it's as much for me as it is for anybody. And I think, I think that's beautiful. I love stories. I love, you know, one of the things I, I keep hearing people keep saying is, oh, you know, I'm so honored to be on your podcast, but like, just so you know, like I'm kind of boring and I don't have a lot to say or whatever. I'm like, I just don't believe that because I know it's not true. You know, it's like everybody has a story and everybody's story is important. And, uh, yes. and that's what this is. And I want to tell people's story. I want people to have a, a place where they can come in and share their near death experiences and how it's changed their life. And, you know, not only just express their struggles in life, but also find giving people a path and, a, and an idea of what it looked like to dig themselves out of that hole in some ways. And I'm, I'm there, you know, like I'm, I'm right there with, with you. I'm right there with other people. And, you know, it's, I don't know where this platform, I don't know where crazy face is going, uh, completely. You know, I have a direction that I'm trying to, uh, lead things, but I'm excited. I think that this is a great, great start and a great foundation to, uh, what, what's to come, I guess. But, um, yeah, thanks so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about Plenty and kind of, you know, what you're doing now. And, and before we wrap things up, I know I, I wrote down, you know, on your website, the three things that you really Plenty focuses on is helping companies, nonprofits with revenue, impact, and fulfillment. Um, and I think yes. that those three things are really cool um, and really important 
you know, revenue was the first one. And obviously anybody that's out there that's been a part of a nonprofit and a company that you have a job <laughs> in general, you understand that revenue is, unfortunately, it's a, it's a necessary evil. Um, and then the other two are, are just like heart. And I like that you didn't, you didn't sweep revenue under the rug, but you're, you're focusing on other things as well. And, and two thirds of your mission is, uh, is more than just money. And that's awesome. Yeah. Jeff says something that's really wise. And, and honestly, if we had to switch it, it's really, you know, fulfillment first impact second sure. revenue follows. And, you know, Jeff says something that's really wise. That's a long, and I'm going to misquote him. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> that you know, he basically says that you know, people work. People work for organizations, and if we have strategy problems and revenue problems, it actually dials back to our people. Yeah. And you know, we can create strategy. We can look a hundred yards out into the darkness all day of the week. But if we're not fulfilled and if we're not authentically making an impact through our business, the, the money's not going to follow. So, you know, that's really like the model that we approach our work with through our consulting. Yeah, absolutely. Through our, I, I can't and, agree and more. Through, and through all of our retreats and workshops and coaching, you know, it's, it's very, very, it's very holistic. It's very heart driven and in everything comes back to people. And honestly, I think it's the beautiful thing that you're doing through Crazy Face Uno is, you know, you're giving people a platform yeah, to share what it means to be human and to be alive and to find your purpose. And we yeah. all, we're all yearning to be seen and heard and valued. And, and we all have something to share with the world that we can all learn from each other. Absolutely. And I think it's beautiful, man. I Thank you. Really beautiful. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, if, if anybody would like to learn more, you can just head over to plentyconsulting.com okay. and, uh, yeah, give us a follow on social media. And I'd love to throw something out there. If anyone is interested in coming to one of our retreats, I highly, highly recommend creating the space and time for yourself to give to yourself, to find the answers within yourself for the questions that you're asking, um, you know, we have a, you know, we've talked about Lantern, but we also have um, a retreat called Lumeria, which is a women's well-being weekend. Nice. And, um, and, you know, we have a lot of other really wonderful offerings. But if anyone is interested in attending a retreat, um, you know, would love to offer $200 off. And you can just use the discount code CRAZYFACEUNO, all caps, one word, for $200 off. Um, a retreat in 2020. Awesome. If that is of if that I, is of interest to anyone. I had planned to uh, talk to you offline with this one as well, so that's something I'm I'm definitely interested in myself. Um, so yeah, if you if you're listening and you're interested, like uh, Brian said, Crazy Face Uno all caps. Uh, use that discount code and get $200 off. That's awesome. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for offering that out to uh, the listeners. So. Oh yeah, of course. Happy to help. Awesome. Happy to help, and happy to connect and carry conversations with you, Shane, and with anybody else that you know yeah. wants to have a conscious conversation about what it means to be alive. But I eat this stuff up, so I really appreciate the opportunity to hop on and you know. I knew we'd have a good time. 
yeah, connect with you again. And uh, <laughs> yeah, all the all the years and all the time makes no difference. We just pick up right where we left off. It's so, so. true. Yeah, we're both uh, pretty passionate people, so I knew that we'd uh, <laughs> we'd be having a pretty uh, heartfelt conversation. I, I really appreciate your vulnerability and and sharing your story with us. So thank you very much. Um, it means a lot, and and I really value you as a friend. And um, yeah, I know time goes between us, but hopefully uh, we can stay in touch a little bit more, and um, you know, keep this conversation rolling. And regardless, I know that this won't be the last time we we have a conversation, Brian. So uh, I love you, man. Thank you so much for coming on. More to come. Love you too. All right, guys. Thank you, thank you again for listening. Uh, check out Plenty. Um, they're doing some great stuff and if you want to be a part of their retreat um, check that out as well if you sign up you can enter the discount code crazyfaceuno get $200 off that price Um, remember do good make a difference Uh, appreciate you guys I love you thanks again peace